Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Many people believe that getting to heaven depends on something that they can do, something that in some way pleases God. But my friend, the gospel message is exactly the opposite. You see, as sinners, we are completely unfit and unable to do anything to save ourselves. Our hearts have been ruined by sin. It's sad news, but it's true. And all the religions of the world teach that we must do something. But Christianity is altogether different. It's all about a work that is already done, completed to God's entire satisfaction. And how was this accomplished? Well, it was accomplished in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. Now, that's tremendously good news, isn't it? In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey discusses some of the last words of the Savior on the cross, and here they are, It is finished. So what exactly was finished there that day? Well, we hope that you'll listen as Mr. Peter Ramsey describes not only what happened there that day to the Lord Jesus Christ, but what it is that he meant when he uttered those awesome words, It is finished. Maybe there is someone here tonight, and you would like to have your sins forgiven. You would like to know for sure you're going to heaven and you're just wondering, what is the formula? Tell me what it is I have to do. I would like to know. I would like to have that deep, abiding inner peace. And you're wondering, what is it? You know others are saved, and you know others have that joy of knowing Christ personally as their Savior, but you yourself, you're missing out. And you say, what is it? I am here tonight. I am all ears. I want to hear. I hope tonight that I'm going to hear how I can be saved and what it is I have to do. We're going to read what Christ already did for you and for me. John chapter 19 and verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. And the story goes on, you know it well. Verse 16, Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, on either side one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King 
of the Jews. Verse 29. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, or he died. Seven sayings that the Lord Jesus uttered from the cross. This is one of the last things that the Lord Jesus ever said before he died. You know, when people die or are dying, loved ones, family members get around the bed in a hospital room, and they're all listening very intently. They're wondering, will he speak again? Then he dies. They say, the funeral home, you know what his last words were? What? What? The last words are very significant. Loved ones hold on to those last words of somebody. Well, we read the last words of the Lord Jesus. I don't know whether they mean anything to you tonight or not, whether those words are significant to you, but among the last words that the Lord Jesus spoke, were these words, it is finished. Among his last words, I have a little challenge for you. I want you to think of those three words that the Lord Jesus uttered on the cross. And I want you to determine for yourself, we're not going to vote here, but I want you to determine the significance of his last words. Were they tragic words or triumphant words? When he said, it is finished, was it a tragic cry or was it a triumphant cry? Were they bitter words of defeat or were they sweet words of victory? Have you thought about those three words? They're significant. Last words are always significant. I remember when my father-in-law was passing away. He was dying with cancer. He was only in his 50s. And I went into the little bedroom behind their kitchen wall and he was sleeping on a three-quarter with bed and he was awake at this point just hours before he died and I held his hand and I tried to sing with my father-in-law when my life's work is ended and I cross the swelling tide and the bright and glorious morning I shall see I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side and his smile will be the first to welcome me. And then that chorus goes, I shall know him, I shall know him, by the print of the nails in his hands. And then the last words were these, He is beautiful. He is beautiful. Who is beautiful? The Lord Jesus Christ. He was going home to heaven, and all he could say is last words, He is beautiful. My friend, if you were to ask Christians here tonight, those who are going to heaven, that's our testimony. We look within and we say, there's nothing beautiful about me. When I look at my wicked heart inside and I say, Peter, why did he ever look down and have mercy upon you? The sinful heart that you have. Nothing beautiful about me by nature. But oh, when I looked away to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is beautiful. He was the one that was without sin. And yet he died for my sins. Why wouldn't I say he's beautiful? I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. I would love to be able to string the words together. 
in such a way that would just make your mouth water tonight for the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder what your last words will be. Will you be saying he is beautiful? Or will you say, I'm not ready to go? That's what a gospel meeting is all about, that you will be ready to go and that your last words will be sweet words of calmness and assurance of peace. I'm ready to go. Jesus died for me. But what about these last words of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ? What did he mean when he said, it is finished? Just think about this for a minute. You know the story of the Lord Jesus. For three years, he was going around the countryside and he was preaching. And there were thousands of people gathered around him. But now, this particular night, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And all of a sudden, they break through the tranquility of that garden. And they come a little deeper where the Lord Jesus has been laboring in prayer. And they arrest him. They bind his hands. Yes, the Lord Jesus. These soldiers come in and the temple police. They come and they grab him and they bind his hands. We gotcha. He's all over for you now. And the authorities arrest him. They take him. This is in the middle of the night. They take him to Annas. And then they take him to Caiaphas through the night hours. And there before those men, they spit at the Lord Jesus Christ. I was only spit on once, and it wasn't nice. It was in grade eight. And I was a arrogant, buggy, annoying brat. And some guys spat at me. And it wasn't nice, but I deserved it. But those wicked men, they spat at the Lord Jesus Christ. And upon the beautiful face of Christ, the spit of men was on his face. And then after they spat at him, and they took their bulging biceps, and they clenched their fists, and they plowed their fists into his face. After they did that to him, they bound him again, and they led him early morning hours to Pilate the governor. And then from Pilate, they took him to another man called Herod. And Herod asked him some questions, and then they said, well, we're going to have a game at this. We're going to put a big robe on him and make on he's a king, and they started mocking him. You know what they did? Those eyes that always were melted with love and compassion to sinners, everyone in need, they actually put a blindfold around those eyes. And then they took a big rod, and they hit him right on the head. And then they said, if you're the Christ, tell us which one of us hit you. And then they sent him back to Pilate, and they stripped him, and they put him over a big post, his bare back, and they started whipping his back. The Bible says his back was so torn and bleeding that it resembled a plowed field when the big tractor goes through it and makes all those big ruts in the field. That's what the back of the Lord Jesus looked like. And they put thorns on his brow. And what they just didn't just set them there so it wouldn't hurt. Then they took a big rod and the thorns pierced deeply into his brow. And they spit on him some more. And then they put a big cross on his back. And then they took him out to a little hill outside of Jerusalem. And they nailed him to the cross. Did you ever try to think of what that must have been like? I'm sure the other two that were crucified with him 
They had to wrestle with them while they yelled and screamed as the nails were going through their hands. I wondered if the soldiers, when they came to the Lord Jesus, did they look at each other and say, Wow, this man is not putting up any restraint. We have nailed a lot of men to crosses, but we've never nailed a man like this before. He opened his hands willingly. They weren't clenched fists. He didn't resist and keep his arms down. Willingly, the Lord Jesus opened up his arms and allowed them to nail him to the cross. And then they put him up on the cross and they continued to laugh at him and to mock him. It looked very much like his 33 years were quickly coming to an end. I wonder what the people thought. I wonder they stood at the foot of the cross and they said, you starry-eyed idealist, you were going around the countryside getting a big crowd together. Now look at you. You were the one that said in John chapter 7, verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. But now listen to you. You're crying for a drink of water from the cross. You're saying, I thirst. Your glory days are over, they'd say to him. Who was this man that walked around the countrysides for three years, three and a half years, doing tremendous miracles? Was he a religious extremist? Was he an imposter? Was he a slick opportunist? Who was this man, the Lord Jesus? Look at him now hanging upon a cross with blood flowing from his head, his hands, his feet. Is it all over for him? Has he gone down to a crushing defeat? Did it finally catch up with him? The one that said, if the Son shall make you free. You can read that verse in the Bible. Jesus said, John 8, verse 36, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now look at him. He's not free himself. He's nailed to the cross. So much for his lofty sayings. John chapter 10, verse 10, I am come that they might have life. Now look at him. About to die on the cross. The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now look at him. About to breathe his last. The one who said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. Now look at him hanging in darkness upon the cross. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Look at the way. Wow. So this is the man that said he was a savior. Look at him. Ha. We've got him. And then there was that time after the hours of darkness. And this is what happened. It is finished. What do you think he meant by that? Was he conceding defeat? Was it a tragic cry? Was he admitting failure? It's finished. I came to do something good, but I failed. It's finished. It's all up with me. Do you think that's what Jesus meant when he cried? It is finished. Do you think it was a trap cry? I'm caught. I can't get out of here. I'm finished. Is that what he meant? When Jesus cried, it is finished. Was it a troubled cry? Was it a tragic cry? No, it wasn't. It was a triumphant cry. It is finished. All the prophecies in the Old Testament that said he was going to suffer. Psalm 22, Psalm 102, Psalm 69, Isaiah 53. All about his sufferings. Jesus said, finished. I've suffered for sin. Those prophecies have been finished, fulfilled. Prophecies were fulfilled. If ever there was a doubt about our condition, 
Calvary was the answer to it. Proved conclusively that we were just sinners because we nailed him to the cross. It wasn't Martians that did it. Not extraterrestrial beings that came down. Our brothers and sisters nailed him to the cross. Fellow human beings. And so it climaxed at Calvary. Finished. No more proof is needed to see the wickedness and the sinfulness of the human heart. What else was finished? The pain and the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not going to be any more suffering for sin. It's finished. Now what else was finished? He finished the payment for our sins. My daughter had a little loan at the bank. Every once in a while, I had her bank account number, and I'd go in and put $50 on it, just to surprise her. It was just a partial payment. I would love to have been able to say, it's all paid, Jana, but I couldn't. I just put little drib-drabs of money on it. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was at Calvary and he cried, it is finished, you know what he was saying? I paid sins that in full, all finished. And his purpose for coming into the world was finished. He came to die. Now he could go back to heaven. I finished the work. His provision for all sinners that was made at Calvary, he finished it. And tonight, if you're wondering what you can do, what peace you can add to being saved, let me tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. All he wants you to do is accept it, that what Christ did on the cross was for you, and it is enough. It satisfies God, who's been offended by your sin. Christ paid the debt in full. It is finished. Tonight, if you could understand that it wasn't a tragic cry, it was, in fact, a triumphant cry. It is finished. The Lord Jesus didn't go down to defeat. It wasn't a trapped or a troubled cry. It was a triumphant cry, and I am going to heaven tonight because the Lord Jesus Christ finished the work that was required to take a sinner like me to heaven. And I'm just trusting him. I'm just simple enough to trust him. Say, well, I, that's in the word of God. He did that for me. He said it is finished. I'm simple enough to trust his word. I took God at his word for it, and tonight I am saved. I'm going to heaven because it is finished. Yes, God wants you to know that the work of salvation is finished. If you're trying to do something to get to heaven, you're already 2,000 years too late. It's already been done. Christ has paid the debt and extends the wonderful offer of salvation to all who will believe. So what about you? Will you consider the work of Christ on the cross, the finished prophecies, the finished pain, the finished payment for sin, and the finished purpose for which he came? What a tremendous message the gospel is. We hope that you will admit to your great need, believe the fact of the finished work, and rejoice in your sins forgiven. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. 
no collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.